This is New Life Christian Fellowship's weekly message podcast. You can find us online at newlifepetaluma.org. And now, this week's message. Morning, everybody. You know, I'm pretty sure that for many of us, if God's love wasn't relentless, we wouldn't be here. Right? Yeah, very, very, very few of us, the first time we heard about God's love, said, I'm in. In fact, somebody probably had to drag us to church and so forth. But you know something? It's in that relentless love of God that you know for sure that God loves you. Because if God only had a shallow love for you, he might try once or twice. Yeah, that's good. But the fact that God continues to come after us and continues to come after us not in a manipulative way and never leveraging anything against us, but the fact that he continues to come after us through person after person after person in our world should be wonderful evidence that his love for us is relentless. And he will try everything in his power from now until you die to get you on board with him. Everything except manipulate you and everything except force you. Because if he manipulated you or forced you, your love for him would never be genuine. That makes sense? Yeah. That's the deal. That's why we are a church that will do anything short of sinning to try to get you next to God. Okay? We won't manipulate you either. We won't leverage you in any way But I'll tell you what, we want you to get next to God. And uh, I met back in the hallway with a group of people this morning, and we went over one principle this morning before church began, and that is when we get together, if God doesn't show up and do what only God can do, then this isn't church. And God has a wonderful agenda for all of us this morning. So I want to welcome you all on board. We have a ton of things to do today. There's lots of great stuff going on. There's a blood drive, so if you see a person or two get up, in the middle of church and leave. It's not because they're mad at me, okay? They're going back to do something great. We're going to make some love bombs after church. For those of you who didn't get to make love bombs last week or for those of you who bombed out this week in terms of you gave them all away, all right? So we're going to do, we're going to do that stuff. We, we, we're, we're doing baptisms this morning. It's going to be an awesome time. So I'm just going to jump right in. Uh, for those of you who are, um, well, let's all take out our Start Here cards. For those of you who are first-timers here this morning, let me explain to you what this is. Our job as a church is to help all of us connect with God more deeply than we currently are and to help us connect with other people who are on that same journey. That's why on the backside it says Connect Card. It's a very valuable tool in helping us do our job and in actually helping you get next to God. So, uh, for right now, if you would put your name and contact information, uh, all of us put our names in that contact information box. And if you're here for the first time and we don't have the rest of your contact information, would you please fill that out? Uh, we will act uh, very responsibly with that, but we want to put some resources in your hands before you, uh, sometime later this week, and we'll use your contact information to do that. Also, if you're brand new to New Life, in our, in our lobby, we have a table that has bags that say guest gift. We have a gift for you. There's some wonderful stuff in there that's practical for you to use, but there's also some information about the church. And I just want to say welcome to a family of faith in Jesus because 
that's who we are. Every week we study from God's Word. So the next thing you want to do is pull out uh, this sheet of notes that says teaching notes. And I'm going to walk us through that this morning. Um, We are in the middle of a teaching series called Summer of Love. And yes, it's a little throwback series and we're having an awfully lot of fun with it. But we're learning along the way, we're learning how to speak and how to hear love in five different love languages, all languages that God has given to us and all languages that we all respond to to some degree, but all of us have one or two that is, that, that is either our primary love language that we speak or the primary love language um, that we receive love or hear love in. And uh, today we're looking at the second half of this love language of physical touch. And I got to tell you, I'm so excited to be able to teach this morning because this is something I'm really passionate about. And those of you who know me well, in this sermon series, I've had a ton of people come up to me and say, I'll bet your love language is physical touch. And here's the truth. It's not. It doesn't even, when I take the tests, it doesn't register. But I hug virtually everyone who comes to church And I hug virtually everyone in my world almost every day. Why? Because I grew up in a home where everyone touched. No, I actually grew up in a home where I don't remember my parents hugging me after I was out of grade school. My family just didn't touch. I don't think in my lifetime I ever saw my mom and dad hold hands. Wonderful people. And I grew up in a great home. It just was not a physically touching home at all. But early on in Monica's and my relationship, we decided that we would be a family who understood the value of physical touch. So what I'm sharing with you today, I'm sharing with you not because it's natural to me and not because it's something that that, that God sort of hardwired into me. I'm sharing with you things that I've learned along the way and I'm, and those of you who know me or, or interact with me at all understand it's a very deeply held value. And I'm really excited, and I'm going to show you why this morning. So I'm going to teach us three, three principles this morning. So let's jump right into the very first one. And that is, you and I are wired for physical touch. And... The way that God made your body is you have millions of little tactile receptors all over your skin. And when one of those tactile receptors is pressed on or touched, it sends an impulse to your brain and your brain interprets that touch. Is it warm? Is it cold? Is it soft? Is it hard? For what we're talking about today, is it loving? Is it angry? Is it abusive? Your brain takes that impulse and interprets it and does amazing things with that simple electronic impulse that comes from a tactile receptor that goes to your brain. Now, tons and tons of research has been done on the value of physical touch. And I'm going to lay some of them out. 
Did you know that touch is the first of the five senses that babies develop? It's developed inside the womb eight weeks after conception. And it's the first sense that a baby uses to begin to explore its world. Not only that, premature babies in the hospital, in the incubator, if, that, if the baby is given two 15-minute body massages, they put on weight 50% faster than children who are simply left in the incubator and fed without physical touch or minimal physical touch. And they go home an average of six days prior to their counterparts who are touched only when they have to change their diapers or some other thing. Children who receive a lot of physical touch behave with less aggression and less violence than children who receive minimal touch. And if you want to state that in the flip, here's how it is. Children who don't receive an adequate amount of physical touch tend to behave with aggression and violence. Yeah, they're just not getting enough. Did you know that even the NBA has done studies on physical touch? And the NBA has found an interesting thing. You have probably watched a basketball game and you haven't figured out why after a player shoots a free throw, whether he makes it or misses it, he goes around and touches the hands of all the guys on the free throw lane, all of his fellow partners, because the NBA has found that teams who touch each other, chest bumping, all that kind of stuff, they win more. And no other identifiable reason. Perhaps one of the most convincing studies was done in Mayo Clinic in Rochester, Minnesota. Mayo Clinic found that physical touch lowered the patient's heart rate, reduced their stress indicators, lessened their pain, lowered their blood pressure, and boosted their immune system. So they instituted a program where cancer patients receive a simple hand massage while they're receiving their chemotherapy. And they're seeing hugely significant results. Isn't that amazing? When I tell you, you are wired for touch, you are. We all are. Now, there's two principles we need to learn out of this. And the first one is this. Although all people benefit from physical touch... If this is your primary love language, it's impossible for you to thrive without it. Okay? Now, I say that for those of you, primarily two categories of people. Some of you are married to people whose primary love language is physical touch. I'm married to one of those. Okay? And I know that without a certain number of touches every single day, without a certain number of hugs, kisses, holding hands and whatever else, Monica cannot thrive. I know I'm an engineered type. I do not keep a counter going in my head. Okay? I just know when I have the opportunity to reach over and take Monica's hand, when I have the opportunity to sit beside her and put my arm around her instead of just sitting beside her, when I have the opportunity to touch her in any way, something happens on the inside of her. 
That's how God wired many people. You may not be married to one of those, but you may have a child or a grandchild whose primary language is physical touch. You've got to get on board with that program. I have a grandchild. I will guarantee you within 10 seconds of being next to her, she will touch me somewhere. That's just how it works. Her primary love language is touch. So I look for opportunities to sit next to her, to put my arm around her. I look for opportunities to put a hand on her shoulder. When I was 30 years of age, uh, I got a job in a private Christian school. And they put me in a classroom with 49 students. How's that for classroom size? And I had never taught school before. It was going to be an interesting year, don't you think? I'm not sure that... I, in fact, I know that school didn't know what they were doing. Um, <laughs> or they wouldn't have hired me, that's for sure. Right? But I remember walking into that classroom and looking at 49 students and realizing that this was these were 5th, 6th, 7th, and 8th graders. So they were at a very vulnerable time in their life. And I remember praying over that classroom the first day, and I remember very clearly God directing me at least once every day, I want you to go up and kneel down beside the desk of every student. I want you to put an arm on the back of the desk where at least some part of your hand is touching some part of their shoulder or back. By the way, did you know When a person's back is rubbed, it soothes them. You don't have to be brilliant to figure that one out, do you? When you rub their stomach, you excite them. That's true of babies, it's true of adults, it's true of all people. So I would have my arm around them, and I would ask them one simple question every day. I would look them in the eye, and I would say, How are you doing today? Not a brilliant question, but it was amazing what happened to the GPA in that classroom. And what happened, we didn't have fights, we didn't have struggles, not with 5th, 6th, 7th, and 8th graders. Would you think about that for a minute? How unusual is that? You put 49 5th, 6th, 7th, and 8th graders in a classroom every day for 200 days, and what are you going to have? You're going to have some, we didn't have that. And I I think one of the reasons was I put my arm around every kid every day and simply ask one question, how are you doing today? And they knew I meant it. They knew I cared. They shared with me stuff. It was just amazing what they shared. But you know what I knew? If kids know that they're in a safe environment and they know that they're loved, they can learn. And they can learn really well. By the way, you don't ever grow out of that. Do you understand? Adults know that when they're in a safe environment and they're loved, they can learn. So, we're wired for touch. Okay? I want to look at a case study in the Bible. 
It's one of my favorite churches. My favorite church in the Bible is this church. It's the very first church, and I want to read it to you. It says, all the believers were together in one place, and they shared everything they had. They sold their property and possessions. They shared the money with those who were in need. They worshiped together at the temple each day. They met in their homes for the Lord's Supper. They shared their meals with great joy and generosity, all the while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all the people. And each day, the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved. Do you think anybody was getting touched there? That, that, that group was like party central. They were having a great time. Now I gotta give you some backstory to this. Because the backstory to this, you can see the word temple in the middle of this. This is where they met, um, every week and then they met in their homes. The temple was to the Jews the holiest place in the world. I don't know how or why somehow people think holy means silent and boring. But somehow people have decided that if you're in a holy place, it's like a library. Nobody says anything. And if you do, it's in hushed tones. And it's quiet. Some of us grew up in churches like that, right? Where everything was just sort of way subdued. Now, when you pick up the Bible and you read, I'm pretty sure that the holiest place is heaven. Are you on board with that? Did you ever read in heaven that it was like a library up there? No, people are shouting and singing and dancing. I'm swimming in a river of life. I'm jumping in. Can you think of a better place to swim? That's how God rolls, right? So these people walked into the temple, and in the temple, no one really spoke. And there was this really sort of subdued atmosphere And this gang shows up and they're high-fiving each other at church and probably doing a little chest bumping and they're just having a great time and the people who are running the temple are looking around and they're going, holy moly, what's happening to our place? Now there's a reason why you need to know that. Okay? Because I'm going to teach us a very, very important principle because here's the truth about the culture in which you and I live. Is it politically correct to touch people at work? What do you think? No, that's not politically correct. Is it politically correct to go out and touch people in the community? No, that's not politically correct either. Is it politically correct for teachers to touch students? No. So we've created this world where the social norm is unhealthy for all the people in it. Here's the principle I want, to, I want to teach. I'm going to read two more passages, and then I'll teach the principle. The next passage is this one. Paul wrote to the, to the people in Rome, and he said, look, practice hospitality with each other. When you invite someone to your house, is there a chance you might hug them on the way into your house? You better. Or they're not going to feel welcome, Okay. He said, I want you to practice that with each other. And he wrote a little later on in the book, and I love this, greet each other with a what? Holy kiss. Now, this was a Mediterranean culture where they kissed on the cheek, right? Well, you got to admit, when you kiss on the cheek, you're inside somebody's bubble, right? (laughs) Exactly. That's the point. 
Because you're learning how to activate those tactile receptors in really positive ways. And, and there's just an amazing thing that takes place. You've seen the commercials of the Samsung S4 phone that has this amazing thing that when you touch them together, something happens and it, and it exchanges all the information. Did you know you're wired like that? When you touch, amazing things happen. Here's the point. The principle I want to teach you is this. Okay? Churches where unhealthy social norms are corrected. That's why in this church, we make no attempt to be politically correct on all those issues. Because if we become politically correct on all those issues, you're not going to get anything at church you can't get everywhere else. Why wouldn't we do the stuff that's the healthiest? Because Christ calls us to a healthy kind of living. We're taking hold of the life that he has for us. This is a place where people can feel safe and cared for. It's why in this church we do more hugging than handshaking. If you're a non-toucher, at least start out handshaking. All right? Let's go on to principle number three. Okay? I want to give you two guidelines for physical touch. And both of them are extremely important. And the first guideline is this. The touch has to be genuine. You know, I said a while ago that when your tactile receptors, when, when, when one of those is pressed or touched, it sends an electronic impulse to your brain and your brain interprets that. I want to tell you one of the ways your brain can interpret that. It's called dirty old man. Okay? The last thing that the world needs is one more dirty old man. And just so you know, I'm not picking on the guys. There's another way that your brain interprets that, and that is a flirtatious woman. The world doesn't need another flirtatious woman or another dirty old man. It's amazing what we can pick up from a simple touch. It's got to be genuine. It's why Paul wrote to the people and said, don't just pretend to love others. Really love them. And love each other with a genuine affection and take delight in honoring each other. And I want to tell you that when your love is pure and your love is genuine and your love is all the things that it should be, when you put your arm around someone or when you just put a hand on the shoulder or whatever else it is, that person has the ability to know whether that touch is genuine or not. Now I want to tell you how powerful touch is before I teach you one more principle. One of the most fascinating studies I read was a study that was done in a restaurant and in a library. And in both the restaurant and the library, they planted moles. Well, they weren't actually moles, but they planted people. So, for instance, when people came to uh, the desk to check out their books from the library, they used regular librarians that you put your book on the desk, and the librarian picked up the book and scanned the book and set it over here on the other side of the sensor so you wouldn't steal it, and did that with all of your books, and then you picked up your books off the counter and you left. And then they, they planted librarians that somewhere in that process their hand would accidentally quote accidentally brush the hand of the client and then they did that's all that's all that happened 
Same thing is true in the restaurant. They had waiters who waited on people and didn't touch the patrons at all. And then they had waiters that gave a simple touch. And and the simple touch was only one thing. When they paid the bill and they handed them whatever it was in the little tray, they made sure that their hand brushed the hand of the person they gave the tray to. That was it. Then they did a survey of the people in the library and it was consistent across the board. People's whose, people whose hands were simply brushed one time by the librarian, they gave far more positive results to their library visit than people who were not touched. And here's the cool thing. For those of you who wait tables, are you ready for this? The tips that the waiters got who accidentally brushed the hands were far greater than the tips of those who never touched them. I want to tell you that, my friends, is how powerful human touch is. Unless it's polluted. Everybody on board with that? Because then the power goes the other direction. Okay? Second principle is this. The touch has to be appropriate. Okay? I don't even know how to describe this. All right, First Peter one twenty two. Now that you have made your souls, what's the next word? Pure. When the touch comes from a pure heart, it'll be appropriate. By obeying the truth, you can have true love for your Christian brothers and sisters. So love each other deeply with all your heart. I want to challenge all of us this morning as we apply this. I want to challenge us for those of you who have made that choice and you have decided that you will, in the kindest, gentlest, most loving, most appropriate way, that you will communicate love to people around you. By the way, can I tell you one story on myself? I love to go out and do stuff in the community. And I know the mayor and the city council people and, and, and the people at the Chamber of Commerce. And of course, out in the business world, Everybody is shaking hands. But when I go to a function, okay, and they're all shaking hands, and I'm walking down the line with them, and I'm shaking hands, you know, I don't actually shake hands. When they see me, they put their hand out, and then they look at me, and they go, oh, come here, give me a hug. Every one of them does that. You know why? Because there's a hugger inside everybody. It's true. They just have to know that it's safe. They don't even care if it's not politically correct. Because you know what their cover is? Oh, he's a pastor. I'm good with that. Right? Why? Because at church is where we correct the unhealthy social norms. I want them to have that dynamic. Now, let's get into how we can apply this in the application mode. Okay? In the crawl mode, here are three things that you can do. First of all, make a first-time decision for Christ. Because that's when your love gets purified, that's when your soul gets purified, and that's when you can begin to touch people and they recognize, hey, this is nothing but genuine care. Number two, by the way, if you're ready to do that, on the back of your Connect card, there's a place for you to indicate, I'm going to make a first-time decision for Christ. Please check that. Okay, We want to walk with you in that this week. 
Secondly, hold hands at least once this week with your spouse or significant other. You know what I teach people in premarital counseling? One of the best pieces of advice I can ever give you is every opportunity you have to walk together, hold hands. So those of, you got, those of you who are married or have a significant other, every opportunity you have to walk together, hold hands. Great thing to do. Number three, make and give away at least one love bomb this week. And Kevin's going to tell you more about that a little bit later. Let's go to the, the Walkwins. Provide a loving touch to three people before leaving church. You can even get your counter going for those of you who are engineer types. One, two, three. Okay, I did it. Okay. But, but at least get out of your comfort zone. And provide a loving touch for three people. Don't find, unless you're really, really shy, and I want to encourage you not to, don't find your wife, your kid, and your grandkid. Okay? Go find somebody you're not related to. All right? And then number three, provide a loving touch to a close personal friend this week. Find an opportunity to take a friend to lunch. Hug them on the way into lunch. Do something that provides for them a loving touch. And then if you want to run with this, which is really fun. You can hug five people before leaving church. You can provide a loving touch to my closest co-workers this week. Be careful with that. Do it correctly, okay? Hand on the shoulder. They're at their, at their workplace. They're working at their cubicle or whatever they're doing. Don't come up and kneel down beside them and hug them, look them in the eye and say, how you doing, okay? That's probably not going to work, okay? Just a hand on the shoulder, just brushing them on the way by saying, hey, how you doing today? It just, it does something great. And then last of all, provide a loving touch to the person that you give the love bomb to. We talked a little bit about that last week. In other words, don't just give them, give it to them. Touch them. We hope you enjoyed this week's message. You can find more information about New Life, including contact information at newlifepetaluma.org. Thanks for listening.